Have you ever had your perspective just totally changed in a day? You know, I had that happen a couple weeks ago. I was driving around uh, on a, a beautiful fall morning, and uh, but inside, like I just was really frustrated at life. Uh, just kind of throwing myself a, a pity party as I'm driving around in my daughter's little uh, Honda Fit car, and and I'm complaining to myself, why can't I have a uh, uh, a, a bigger car and, and just was really having a bad morning. Well, I drove home and, and got the mail and, and opened it up and inside the mail was a magazine from The Voice of the Martyrs. And in that magazine, there's a story of a woman named Alice. And Alice, uh, her and her five kids witnessed something horrible happen to, to her back in 2011. She watched her husband be killed in their home by a militant Islamic group. And there she was left to care for her five kids and found it difficult to provide. And she wanted to stay in the house that her and her husband had uh, purchased. But a year and a half later, militants struck again. And she was forced to leave her house. And uh, after many years just on the run, Voice of the Martyrs connected with her and relocated Alice and her five kids and provided for her living expenses and she was ready for a fresh start. But then on June 28, 2018, the militants attacked again. And Alice was again displaced along with 7,500 other followers of Jesus. But through crisis after crisis, she could see how God has carried her and how the word of God has encouraged her. And she goes on to say, like, I am not afraid because I know that God is always with me. And at the end of the story, it just really challenged me. Because she said this, and this is a quote from her. She said, following Jesus hurts a lot. You have to be ready. And in that moment, as I was reading, my perspective changed. I went from throwing a pity party for myself to really asking myself the question, am I ready every single day to face the challenges that come my way? As a follower of Jesus, I will experience pain and suffering. Jesus even said, in this world, you will have trouble. Am I ready for it? Alice said, following Jesus hurts a lot. You have to be ready. And so over the next six weeks, we want to make sure that we are ready. We're going to go through Ephesians 6, looking at the armor of God. I've never taught on each of the specific pieces of the armor of God before, but I just want to make sure that we are prepared to engage the battle that we are in. Paul is writing this to a church in Ephesus and followers of Jesus in Ephesus. And Ephesus was the fourth largest city in the Roman Empire. There was more than 250,000 people there. It was a major gateway that controlled the trade routes to the east, uh, land and water trade routes. Many people passed through Ephesus. And Ephesus was a very spiritual city as well. It was the center for a worship of the, the goddess Artemis, uh, who was the most popular god in Paul's day. There was a temple built to her in the city of Ephesus, one of the seven ancient wo- wonders of the ancient world. Every spring, millions of people would come to worship Artemis, and throughout the city there would be little idols that would be sold. And so it was, it was a city filled with um, a religion based on works. You had to make sure that you did enough to make Artemis happy. And if you made her happy, good things would happen. And if you didn't make her happy, bad things would happen. And Paul spent a lot of time in Ephesus. 
He came to Ephesus and made quite an appearance. He boldly said that the idols that they were selling weren't gods at all. He made people mad because they were going to lose their jobs and their city would come to nothing. There was a riot broke out and people started to scream and yell, great as Artemis. And so Paul spent a lot of years there and he had a tearful goodbye in Acts 20, um, saying that he had served them faithfully. And he told the elders, care for the church. Make sure that you watch out like that, that false teaching doesn't get into the church. And there he left, then he left on his way to Jerusalem, knowing that difficult days were ahead, but also knowing that that's where the Holy Spirit was, was leading him. And it's just interesting that the Holy Spirit will lead us into difficulty, will lead us into some challenging times. Um, following Jesus doesn't mean that we uh, don't face difficult times. You know, Paul knew that he was going to Jerusalem and difficulty uh, was awaiting him. And there in Jerusalem, he got arrested. He was arrested under Nero, transferred to Rome. And as he's writing the book of Ephesus, he's in house arrest. And um, he's writing probably between 60 and 62 AD as he's awaiting trial. And things would get worse for followers of Jesus. Nero would uh, really persecute followers of Jesus. And uh, Paul was writing to this community and saying, you have to be ready. And what's interesting is in, in Ephesians, uh, the first half of the chapter or half of the book is all about our identity in Christ. And then the second half of the book is like, okay, this is what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. And so that's where we find Ephesians 6. He is just saying like, here is the direction that I want to give you for your life. And here's what it says, Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. And so Paul says, put on the whole armor, not just part of it. We can't just select different pieces that we want, maybe just the helmet of salvation or the, the shield of faith. No, we're instructed to put it all on. And this is a very active thing. He says this a couple of times, put this on, put on the, the whole armor of God, put it on, be active in this. Why? So that we can stand firm. And this is Paul's goal. He says it three times in these you know, short verses. He says, stand firm. Why? So that we aren't tossed around to and fro by, by different things that come into our lives. Ephesians 4, he says that, like, I want you to be able to, to, to withstand different things that come your way. I don't want you to be like children that are tossed Around, I want you to be able to stand firm against the schemes of the evil one. And he says, I want you to stand 
against the schemes of the evil one. And here is where he paints this picture that we have to remind ourselves on a regular basis that our battle, the battles that we face in this life, the battles that we face in this world, isn't against flesh and blood. Is it against other people? It's against the principalities and powers and spiritual forces of this dark world. And so throughout Scripture, we see that we are engaged in a spiritual battle. Jesus' life demonstrated this. He was tempted by the, by the enemy, by Satan. And this is where Paul gets very specific, and he says it's very clearly, you are in a spiritual battle. This is reality. Even though you don't see it all the time, this is reality. There's a kingdom of God that is at war versus the kingdom of evil. And the only way out of this is a spiritual solution. Now, we can take so much comfort in the truth, and this is the the absolute truth, that the battle is already won, that there is an empty tomb, that Jesus is alive, that he's seated at the right hand of the Father, and that one day we will see him again face to face. But we live in this in-between because we know that he is risen. We know that he is seated in the heavenly realms, but he hasn't yet come back. And so in this in-between time in Revelation 12, it says that the, the enemy is thrown down and accusing uh, people and making war on followers of Jesus. And so there's a battle, and we have to be ready. And the battle is different all over the place. You know, there are demonic attacks that people see, that we see, but there's also discouragement. There's distraction. Uh, The cares and concerns of this life distract us from the purpose that Jesus has for us. There's division. There's attacks on unity all the time, and that was one of the issues in Ephesus. And so we have to be ready, but we also have to have a proper understanding of this spiritual war that we're in. Because I think sometimes people can go way to the extreme and look for a demon under every bush, but then also people can be just oblivious to the fact that this is reality, that we're in a spiritual battle. And so C.S. Lewis says this in in the Screwtape Letters, and I think this is just a wonderful quote. He said this, The general public prefers either to ignore the forces of evil altogether, to pretend that they don't exist, and use cartoon images of the devil with horns and hooves as an argument to that effect. Or they go to the other extreme. They take an unhealthy interest in everything demonic, which can be just as bad in the long run. And so we have to position ourselves somewhere in the in-between, not ignore it and not to be hyper-aware of it, uh, but to have this middle ground where we're not afraid, but we are prepared. We are ready for the battle that faces us every single day. And so Paul says the battle is real and we have to be ready. We have to respond. But in Ephesians 6, he gives a clear picture of how we are to fight. And our weapons that we use aren't weapons uh, of this world, but our spiritual weapons that can destroy every stronghold. And Paul uses the imagery of a Roman soldier. And he says, here's a picture of a Roman soldier. Here are the pieces that a Roman soldier puts on, but he applies that to a life as a follower of Jesus. And the first three pieces that we're going to talk about, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes uh, fitted with the gospel of peace, those are pieces that a Roman soldier would always have on. But then the last three pieces that we're going to look at, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, you are to take up when the battle gets fierce. And so I think it's interesting that Paul um, highlights these six. And the first one that we're going to look at today is the belt of truth. And now the belt that a soldier would put on was more than a belt. It had strips of leather with uh, weighted metal studs to hold it in place. 
the breastplate was connected to the belt and the, the belt kept the breastplate in, in place. Um, the tunic, you would, you would tuck your tunic into the belt and, and you would keep the, the belt kept your tunic in place. And the belt also um, was connected to two weapons. You would hang your dagger on your belt and your sword on your belt. And so the belt was, was very essential, uh, very essential for a Roman soldier. But the main reason for the belt um, had to do with the leather straps that came down from the belt. And the leather straps was there to protect, frankly, the, the soldier's private parts. Because you could have this big, strong soldier, and a big, strong soldier could be dropped in an instant by someone a lot smaller than him if they hit him in the right spot. And so this, this belt of truth was there to protect um, the soldier from getting hit in that sensitive spot. And so Paul says, put on this belt, but it's not just a specific, you know, any belt, put on the belt of truth. And this is like just something that we have to be reminded of every day. We have to put on truth. We have to put on um, reality. That's what truth is. Truth is facts based on reality. And so Paul says, put on the belt of truth. And this is more important than you realize, you know, this belt. It's not a decoration. It's not some bling just to put on your waist. It's very useful because everything hinged on the belt. It carried the weapons. It held everything together. And without without the belt of truth, everything falls apart. I mean, imagine a soldier without a belt. The tunic would get in the way. The breastplate uh, would be moving all over the, the place. And so without the belt of truth, they would be ineffective. They would be vulnerable to, to shots you know, in their private parts, and they would be weak. And so he says, put on truth. And in our world, truth has become this you know, moving target. People can ask, what is truth? Is there any truth? Or they'll say, like, I feel such and such is, is true. Uh, you know, it's truth based on a, a feeling. Like, no, like, you know, you can feel like a lot of things. You know, you can feel like a loser. But the truth is I'm not. You know, feelings are, are up and down. And people can say, like, I, I sincerely believe this is to be true. And you know what? We can be sincere about a lot of things, but that doesn't make uh, them to be true because we could be sincerely wrong about some things. So truth, as we think about it, truth isn't, you know, just what we feel. Truth isn't about being sincere. Truth is based in facts. Truth is based in, in reality. And there's a couple of things that I just want to remind ourselves of today when it comes to, to truth. Truth can be known. Truth can be known because truth is a person and his name is Jesus. John 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the truth. He is the, the, the full embodiment of truth. When he came, it says that he came with the truth and grace, full of, of both truth and grace. Truth is also the, the word of God. Jesus said this in John 17 as he's praying for us as, as his followers into the future. He said this, he said, sanctify them, set them apart in the truth. And then he says, your word is true. The word of God is true. What is written is true. What is written about Jesus is true. See, what Jesus says and, and all throughout scripture, that's the truth that we have to build our life on. As followers of Jesus, that's our, our standard. His way, his words are absolute truth. And there's freedom when we live in the truth. I mean, Jesus said to the, to 
to those who had believed in him. If you abide in my word, if you are truly my disciples, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You know, there's just so much freedom in the truth and in knowing Jesus and living our lives based on what Jesus says, not based on our feelings or based on what we sincerely believe, but frankly, based on what Jesus said, because that is truth. And we need truth in our lives. We need truth to, to grow in our lives. We need people to, to speak truth into us. Ephesians 4 says, speaking the truth in love helps us grow up into maturity. And we're to speak this truth to one another so that we can grow up into to maturity. Ephesians 4 also says, speak truth with your neighbor for we belong to each other, love each other so that we can grow in maturity. And so what holds Christians together, what holds Christianity together, frankly, is truth. Truth that is found in Jesus. He is the truth and he tells us how to live. And it's that truth of Jesus that we need to put on every single day. And so as you get up throughout, as you get up throughout the week, as you get up every single day, what are you first putting on? Are you putting on truth that is anchored in Jesus? Because truth is being attacked. It's being attacked in the church. In Acts 20, when Paul was leaving Ephesus, he comes and he, he comes to the elders and he says, be aware. Like truth will be attacked. The word will be attacked. Like there will be people that will come into the, the church and try to get you away from truth that is found in Jesus. And we see that happening today. We see that people saying, you know what, there, there really is multiple ways to heaven. But the only problem with that is, is the truth that we find in the word, where when it comes to salvation, there is only one way. Jesus is the only one way. I think people, you know, um, go against truth when we, we uh, take sin lightly. People can see like, you know, they'll talk about sin and like, it's not really that big of a deal. No, it is. The truth that we see in God's word is that sin separates us from God. And also, people, um, you know, truth has been uh, um, damaged because people will say, you know, the, the word of God really isn't true. Scripture really isn't the truth. And, and they'll say, well, did God really say? Which goes all the way back to Genesis 3 when the serpent was tempting, tempting Eve. The truth is, the word of God and what it says is absolute truth. And that's what we have to build our life on. That's what we have to anchor ourselves in every single day. And so why is truth being attacked? Why is why are people going after truth? Because this comes right from the enemy. John 8, 44 says this about the enemy, about Satan. You, you are of your father, the devil. And here's what it says about the devil. And your will is to do the father's desires. He, the devil, was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies. Truth is being attacked because of the nature of the attacker. That's who the enemy is. He's a liar and he wants us to believe these lies. He wants us to, to question, did God really say? Did God really say this? He wants us to question the truth. And so every single day, we have to put on the belt of truth. And why is truth so important? Because truth disempowers deception. Truth takes away the power that lies have. And frankly, truth, the truth found in Jesus, takes away the power that the devil has because he's a deceiver. You know, one area that we have to remind ourselves of the truth every single day is in the power of the cross. 
We can't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. We have to proclaim it. See, there's a deception. There's lies that come in, you know, that will say when it comes to salvation that, that you're really not that bad. Sin isn't that big of a deal. You can save yourself. And really, the devil wants us to rely on ourselves. But the truth is that sin separates us from God. Sin hurts. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The result of sin, the wages of sin is death. But God comes along in Jesus and gives us the, his gift, the gift of eternal life in Christ Jesus. And there's only one way to the Father, and that's by putting our faith in Jesus. And especially if we have put our faith in Jesus, the truth is that we're a child of God. That, that we belong to him if we receive Jesus into our heart. And we have to proclaim this. See, without truth, there is no salvation. With truth, there is no freedom from sin. Without truth, there, there is no salvation because sin really isn't that big of a deal and the gospel is just news or at best, nice news. The truth is you are made righteous only through the blood of Jesus. Sin is real, sin separates, but God so loved the world that he sent Jesus not to condemn the world, but to save it. That's what we have to put around our waist every single day, the power of the cross. But also every single day, we as followers of Jesus have to remind ourselves of the truth of who we are now that we put our faith in Jesus. You know, the enemy wants to come in and into our lives and, and fill us with lie after lie after lie. That we've messed up, that, that uh, there's no way that God can forgive us, that God is getting us back for what we you know, did in our lives. The deceiver, he wants to discourage us. And believing the truth and battling those lies is spiritual warfare. And so the truth that we have to remind ourselves every single day is the power of the cross, that it's through the cross of Jesus that we are accepted, that we are loved, that we are forgiven, that we have been reconciled to the Father, that we have an inheritance waiting for us in heaven, that he has filled us with his, his Holy Spirit, that he will lead us and guide us into all truth. We have to remind ourselves that his mercies are new every morning, that we are a new creation, the old has gone, the new ha has come, that the cross is bigger than any of our messes that we have made, that we have received grace upon grace upon grace, and that our identity isn't in our, acti our activity or anything that we've done. Our identity is firmly planted in the gospel, in Jesus. And so every day, single day as we put on this belt of truth, we're reminded of who we are. We're reminded of our new identity. But also every single day as we're putting on this belt of truth, we have to call ourselves to a pure life. We have to walk in purity. See, there's deception that comes every single day that sin really isn't a big deal, that we can hold on to things that um, you know really aren't that bad. But in Colossians 3, Paul even says you know very differently. He says, Put off, like take off the, the ways of the flesh, your, your old way of living. Put off like the, the ways, you know, the things that lead to death. You know, it's just powerful. It says put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. All of that stuff has to go. The, the, the enemy would want us to believe that it's okay to keep some of these things around. But Jesus says, the truth says, you know, no, sin is serious. Jesus said, if your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it, gouge it out. Cut it off. It's better for you to enter heaven with one eye than none at all. He took sin seriously. And so most of, of Paul's letters address sin in the church. In Ephesians, you know, he's addressing sin again. He's addressing this fact that, that there was division in the church. And so Paul is calling it out. And this is what the belt of truth is referring to, that we have to live in truth, that we have to speak truth to one another so that we can grow in maturity, so that we can challenge one another and, you know, we have to do that in love, but to say, you know, there's so much more that God has for our lives. And so when it comes to, you know, truth, 
yes, we have to remind ourselves of, of the truth of the cross every single day and who we are in Christ. But we have to speak truth to one another. We have to, to call things out in one another. It's the most loving thing that we can do. I mean, just imagine if somebody was, was headed towards destruction. You would want to warn them to say, hey, don't go that direction. That is not life-giving for you. And so we have to, every single day, speak truth to one another. To say, you know what, what she did like that, that's something that was wrong that breaks the heart of God. You know, what she did was horrible. But the cross is so much greater. There's mercy, there's grace. You know, I think if we live in a world without truth, where people's feelings can be true and, and whatever people believe can be true, you know, if we you know have truth as a moving target, there's no freedom. Because without truth, there's no freedom. Freedom comes from when we see ways that we've hurt the heart of God, but also when we see how great the cross really is and who we are in Jesus. And truth gives us direction to live. You know, see, without truth, there is no direction in life. And so when it came to this belt of truth, you know, I think to put on the belt of truth every single day is saying, you know what, we're ready. We're ready to face the day. We're ready to face the spiritual battles that come because they will come. I just think of Alice's words where she said, you know what, following Jesus hurts a lot. Are you ready? The way to be ready, the first thing that we need to do is put on the belt of truth. You know, what was interesting was in uh, you know a couple thousands of years ago when Roman soldiers were walking around, they would wear this long tunic. And this long tunic would keep them warm in the winter. And it would trip you up if you started to run with this long tunic. And so the first thing that they would do every single day would be to hike up their tunic, to put on their belt, which meant that they were ready. And if you saw a soldier without a belt, it's like, hey, there's, there's no threat. But if you saw a soldier with their belt on, it meant that they were ready. And I think today there are just too many people who are followers of Jesus who are walking around without their belt on, without the belt of truth on. And they're approaching every day kind of passive and not active. And we have to realize that every day there is an enemy who is out to attack us. And so we have to put on that belt every day with the filler minds with truth. And so as you go throughout this week, I want you to be thinking, what am I putting on first? Am I ready for the spiritual attacks that will come? Am I putting on the belt of truth, the truth that is found in God's word, the truth that is ultimately found in Jesus? And so today, may we be ready to face the battles that come by actively placing the belt of truth around our waist.